Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. This is from a college football game a couple of years ago. Sam Ellinger. He's Chris Sims, poor kid. Let's see if he throws like Chris. Oh, yes, he does. Incomplete into the ground. (laughs) Looks like Chris Sims to me. (laughs) But he is right-handed. He is right-handed. So not (laughs) the full simulation of Chris Sims. But Ellinger, remember last year there was the whole – when Carson Wentz was injured, he had the stress fracture in his foot. Is it Ellinger? Is it Jacob Eason? Wentz ended up being back sooner rather than later. So it never really – bloomed fully now Eason's long gone Ellinger is there and Ellinger and you know Miles Simmons sensed this because he's been and and it's become kind of a running gag on the text chain among the various PFT writers right he's been saying all year long it's time for the glue factory for Matt Ryan and I'm sorry he doesn't mean that in a disrespectful way the guys the guys a a former MVP but there's a point where the curtain's down the curtain's down right and he's been saying it. And when they put Ellinger above Nick Foles, that's when he said he's going to start at some point or words to that effect. And uh, yesterday, Frank Reich, Colts head coach, made it official. Ellinger, the guy who wanted to be Chris Sims, is now the starting quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts. Here's Reich. We are going to elevate Sam to be the starting quarterback. Extremely difficult decision, obviously, given the respect and admiration that we have for Matt Ryan and, you know, what he's done and what he's brought here. Um, you know, he is a pro's pro. This guy is, this guy is special, special, special. And, you know, we all, we know right at the quarterback position that it's not our poor production on offense is not on one person. It's not on Matt Ryan. Um, but we also know as Matt and I talked it through, Hey, as head coach and quarterback as head coach, ultimately it doesn't matter. I'm judged on wins and losses quarterbacks judged on points and, you know, and production and turnovers. That's, we understand that's how it is in this league. And so um, Matt will be a pro, you know, I will say this uh, as you guys saw 
or, or maybe so. He did get banged up in the game. He does have a grade two, uh, grade two um, shoulder separation. This was going to be the move with whether he was healthy or not. That is true. This that we were going to, yeah, the, the shoulder injury is real, but this move was, this move was going to be made uh, either way. Mr. Ursay, as I've said many times, and you guys know longer than, uh, better than me, because you've been here longer than me, is you got a lot of wisdom, a lot of good counsel. You know, it was, you know, we liked, certainly he, his vote is always going to carry. Uh, it's a one-man crew in that respect. But what I appreciate about him is that this is a collective decision. Yeah, it's a collective decision. You better collectively make the decision that I want you to make. And I think Frank Reich chose his words carefully, but he sent the message loudly and clearly. This is an ownership call, plain and simple. We'll talk about why it's an ownership call coming up. But, Chris, you know, it was so weird yesterday afternoon. Is he injured? Is he benched? What's going on here? The tr- the tweets start falling out of the sky, and it's like, oh, he's injured. Oh, wait, he's benched either way, injured or healthy. Matt Ryan is done. It, it's shocking. It really is. I mean, and wasn't expecting that for a team that's, you know, 3-3-1 three, three and one and kind of battling. And, again, Matt Ryan, it hasn't been pretty. We know that. I mean, we, we've discussed this the first few weeks of the year. He looks frail. He looks weak. His arm looks weak. There's been an inability to push the ball down the field and make any game-changing power-type throws. Has he been tough as hell in the pocket, taking shots, completing seven- and eight-yard passes? Yes, without a doubt. But, damn, he gets hit and drops the ball a lot. And, of course, when you make decisions like this, then it's hard to get behind and defend it. And when I'm with you, Mike, to go like, yeah, I I think ownership has a huge say in this for sure. I also think the Colts got to the the point where they went, you know what, we're we're not going to get better. Like the offensive line is not going to turn around. This is not going to change. We got to get. We have to have a different a different approach, a different formula. Uh, I I think they realized that this was not really sustainable. That they were going to get any better with Matt Ryan at quarterback, and I think that's probably why they make the change too. You know, I think they realize that. And big picture of things for the Colts, if they still want to hang in this thing, it can't be we're, we're going to have our older, not mobile, weak-armed quarterback drop back and carry us 47 you know, passes a game. That's not going to work. Ellinger brings another element to the team and a little bit more pizzazz and a little bit more danger and a better arm, and he can run to where – Maybe he can hide some of the deficiencies of their football team, let alone make some plays like this that are off schedule that Matt Ryan is not capable of doing. At least that's my two cents, Mike. What, what do you got to say about this whole hey, thing? Hey, what's the thing that separates the great from the good quarterbacks that's right. in today's NFL? It's the ability to make the off schedule plays, the ability to run laterally, buy time, and find an open receiver or take off down the field. And Ellinger has that, and Matt Ryan doesn't. And this is why we're seeing the age of the great older and younger quarterbacks end. Yeah. The older quarterbacks, it's over. Yeah. And they the can't older quarterbacks are the ones right. who can't do the things that make quarterbacks special today. The play that's called and then the play that evolves when the play that's called goes to hell. That's what you need to have the ability to do. Ryan doesn't have it. Brady doesn't have it. Rodgers does, but it doesn't matter in Green Bay, whatever the hell is going on Well, he there. wants to throw but, it and then, and when they're two yards down the field, so we don't even get to see what the hell they could do. But, yes. We yes, don't, we right, don't get to right. see what he would do if yeah. he had to go off schedule. Right. He's running the play that's called. Right. Um, but, you know, Chris, I look at it this way. 
We, we talked about teams that may be dog paddling toward the end of the season. The Colts were kind of dog paddling all year long. And they've decided we're either going to freestyle or we're going to sink. Yeah, right. And right. Ellinger's either going to take us to where we could be, and then we know we have our guy, and we're not doing this, hey, who's the veteran quarterback that's going to fall out of the sky and land in our lap next year? Phillip Rivers in 2020. Carson Wentz, 2021. What the hell are we going to do in 22? Oh, the, the Falcons accidentally pissed off Matt Ryan by flirting with Deshaun Watson. Oh, maybe they knew what they were doing. Uh, Matt Ryan falls in their laps. They can't keep doing that. They're either going to find a guy who they can rally around and build around and take off with, or they're going to suck and they're going to get themselves a top-flight franchise quarterback in the draft like they got Peyton Manning and like they got Andrew Luck. That's, it's one or the other. They're, I think they're hoping for that outcome. We're either going to know that Ellinger's the guy or it's going to go so poorly that we are going to find ourselves in a position where we can draft the guy next year. Yeah, I, I think that's it. It's kind of it. It's kind of just like let's tear the Band-Aid off here and go and, and see. And, again, you know, I, I, I still – this situation, it's still crazy and it's still here and, and in our face with the Colts because of one thing, because Andrew Luck decided to quit football in the middle of training camp. And, I, and that's where I feel bad for Frank Reich, Chris Ballard, and the whole group here. You know, again, but the team itself, yeah, they need something. They need a little bit of a jolt, a pizzazz. And with Ellinger, like you talked about, you know, Matt Ryan, the Brady, that type of quarterback, they need a certain formula to succeed. We know that. It has to be great protection. It has to, you know, the system has to be working. They're not going to make things happen off schedule. And it's not fair to think that, that, that you know, really Matt Ryan can make it happen at this point of his career with the type of formula they have right now. So Ellinger, quarterback design runs, move them a little bit. Yes, scramble like we saw, do the things that you talked about. You know, oh, here's a gap. Let me run for 20, 30 yards. His arm is bigger. Matt Ryan, you, you, right now, it's a little bit like it was with Phillip Rivers two years ago where teams are just like, well, we don't really have to defend any past 20 yards behind us. I mean, it's kind of just come downhill all the time. So Ellinger brings that element to the team, let alone I know from this kid – He's got something about him, a little piss and vinegar in this kid. I watched him at Texas closely. He's big. He's strong. He's not afraid to lower his shoulder a little bit. You know, he thinks he's got better than he is, and he gets screwed over in the draft. So maybe they can they can invent a new way to play here on the offensive side of the ball and and be more effective with Ellinger at quarterback. I, I'm I'm hopeful. Well. Interesting for you to say he's got piss and vinegar. We have to see more home movies to see whether he was pissing off the front porch. Maybe he was you. <laughs> he was a kid. Seriously, I um, hope so. I hope so. <laughs> here's, my, here's my thought on Matt Ryan as it relates to the fact that no matter what happens to Ellinger, no matter what happens to Nick Foles, no matter what happens to anybody else they may sign to play quarterback, we will never see him again on the field for the Indianapolis Colts because of his contract. Right. Because he's got – I've got the numbers here. Next year, there's $7.2 million that's guaranteed for injury that becomes fully guaranteed the third day of the 2023 league year. And he's got a $10 million roster bonus that is guaranteed for injury that is earned on the third day of the 2023 league year. Yep. So – See ya. Here's the key. Yeah. If he has, at any point this year, you play him the rest of the season, however far they go, if he suffers any injury that prevents him from passing a physical 
before mid-March of 23, they're on the hook for that $17 million. They're already on the hook for 12, but another 17 goes onto the pile if he has an injury that keeps him from passing a physical in March. So here's what I think they're going to do. We got a week until the trade deadline. Nobody's going to call to trade for Matt Ryan. However, however, we don't know what's going to happen in week eight. We don't know what quarterback's going to tear an ACL. We, we, we don't know. The Carson Palmer window opened with the Raiders 11 years ago after Jason Campbell broke his collarbone two days before the trade deadline. Otherwise, Palmer wouldn't have played at all in 2011, and who knows when he would have played again. So maybe somebody is made to be sufficiently desperate that they call and they do a trade. Then it's problem solved for the Colts completely. I think we get past the trade deadline because I think the chances that happen are very slim. Yes, we get past right. the trade deadline, Chris. Yeah. They're going to cut him at some point. You think so? Once he's healthy, once he's healthy, they'll cut him. He'll pass through waivers, and if they cut him at the right time, let's say they just hold him until somebody has a quarterback who tears an ACL, they they cut him then. Maybe somebody claims the balance of the contract on waivers. Problem solved. But and then they have to stop paying him, right? They get somebody to take over the contract. He doesn't get that. Well, it's already guaranteed anyway, but still, you'd like someone to just take him off your hands if you put him through waivers. Or they just say, hey, look, out of respect to what you've done in the NFL, we're going to cut you and let you sit at home, work out, get ready for an opportunity that may or may not arise at some point. Whether they, when they cut him, I don't know. Maybe it's right after the trade deadline, or maybe they wait for an opportunity where they think they could get someone to claim his contract on waivers. But I think he gets cut at some point after the trade deadline, unless lightning strikes and they somehow get an opportunity to trade him between now and next Tuesday. But he's never playing for the Colts Again, it's over. It's done. And that's the Jim Ursay. This is my $17 million that is going to get wasted on a guy who potentially gets an injury at some point late in this season that keeps him from passing a physical next year. Once I know he's not my guy next year, get him the hell off the field. That's the thought process that I think went into this decision. Yeah, Mike, I, I mean... I, I, I didn't really go down that lane. You know, I'm so football-oriented, but I, I think everything you, you said makes sense. And, yeah, yeah you know, when you lay it out that way, you're right. I don't expect to see him back playing for the Colts. Nick Foles will be the guy that's the backup. And, I, I mean, I, I think one step further, that's, that's really, when you think about it, like that's probably the last time we see Matt Ryan all together. I, I think that's probably it. I don't really – I don't know how anybody's going to watch film of this year and go, oh – I think he's got something left in the tank. Let's let's give him one more shot here, you know. And again, the Colts failed him in a lot of ways. I know Frank Reich said that during his little answer yesterday, and I, I thought that was you know classy of him. He didn't think he was going to be playing with this type of formula here, where hey, we can't run the ball at all, we can't protect you at all. Like he didn't sign up for that. He wasn't thinking that. He was thinking he had the great blue wall in front of him. He was going to be given to Jonathan Taylor, one of the best backs of the game. They had one of the best running games in, the, in football the second half of the season last year. He thought he was going to be protected, play action pass. Okay, I can be accurate and I'm smart and I'll know where to go with the ball. But as we see, if he doesn't have that perfect type of formula there, um, it, it's, it's less than. It is, it is absolutely physically less than. And I think there were some of these signs in training camp in Indianapolis, honestly, where there was, I think, a little bit of a – they tried to say all the right things, but, but I know there were some people there that were a little bit like, whoa, man, his arm has no pop in it at all. 
And, you know, I think they were hopeful that it would just work and everything would go the right way. But, you know, it didn't. And it looks ugly. And, you know, I, I do. I think this, Mike, when you lay it out that way, I think that's probably the last time we see Matt Ryan play football. It reminds me of the Donovan McNabb situation, Minnesota 2011. Remember, he was traded from Philadelphia to Washington in yeah. 2010. Mm-hmm. Then after that season, traded to the Vikings. And the Vikings benched him for Christian Ponder, and they cut him. They just cut him. Now he has to be cut, and that's the thing. If Matt Ryan asks to be cut, then then he'll be cut. And if I'm Matt Ryan, I look, you, hey, you're done with me. You don't want me on the field. I understand your business reasons. I understand the $17 million. But if I'm just not going to play, if I'm not going to be part of this, I just I don't want to be here. I, I don't see him seamlessly morphing into support, quasi-coach. I don't know. I, I, I think it either. all comes down to how know. he's wired. Like, it, you know, I really want to be part of something. This is my swan song. I'm going to support Ellinger. I'm going to do my best to make him better. Maybe we, we find a way to make chicken salad, and I end up finally getting a Super Bowl ring. I, I, doubt, I doubt it, though. I think he's going to there, – it's the same reason that Joe Flacco is the only franchise quarterback that you see hanging around as a backup. These guys that were MVP, highest paid or close to it, the guy, if they're not the guy, they don't want to be there. And yeah, the team he, shouldn't want them. They egos just, are ah, big, get me out of made here. enough get money. Out of here. It's not like the old days in the 80s where like a guy might have been a franchise quarterback and he hangs around too. But you go, well, yeah, he didn't make you know $175 million. So he's going to hang around and collect a backup check for a few years. Okay, that's it. But you're right. Now there's, there's no point in that. You know, the egos are too big. You've been god of a team and a city forever when you're the franchise quarterback that has success. And, yeah, money is life-changing for generations for your family. So, uh, to, to your point, yeah, I don't know if I see him as that guy that's just going to be on the sideline support system either. Uh, you know, the the way you laid it out, I think the things I'm saying and all that, uh, you're right. I, I think I could see them parting ways here, you know, at some time over the next few weeks. It's It's crazy. It's crazy it's come to that. It really is, and certainly wouldn't have thought that early in the year. But, man, it's just been bad and some really the, – the crazy thing is the bonehead turnovers. I think that's where you just look at it and go, man, just all the fumbles that they've been fortunate to, to recover a good amount of them. And then some of the interceptions are just like, wow, you've played too much football. How could you make that happen right there? And I think that that's probably what concerns them more than anything. Nine interceptions, 11 fumbles, eight of the fumbles were recovered by the Colts. And I noticed this in the game against the Broncos that the Colts somehow won. Yeah. I think I said this recently that so many of his throws look like the old, what John Madden would say, it's the last shot of a Roman right. candle. Right, right. Where it just kind of, it just kind of pops up in the air and somehow, some way, yeah. is finding right. open guys. Right. And, and look, Matt Ryan has been a great player. He was an MVP in 2016. He did everything in his power to help that team win a Super Bowl. He's been underrated at times. He just passed Dan Marino on the all-time yardage list a week ago. But it's, you know, it's it's a hard truth when it's over. But it's just kind of over. And I agree with you. I don't think we're going to see him again. I think it would take a lot for somebody to say, all right, you know, what are we going to do? Our starter's injured. What are we going to do? They're going to go next man up before they bring in Matt Ryan. Agreed. Based upon what we've seen on film this yeah. year and try to get him ready and get him in the system and, and try to make it work. You, you've got a backup and a third stringer who are available, who know your offense, who 
are going to be able to do what you're trying to do. You're going to go with them if that happens. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. Oh, okay. I was going to say, go Mike, ahead. Go the, ahead. well, the crazy thing I was going to say, Mike, is, you know, after all of this and all this to talk and all that, you just go, where it's crazy, and this all started because of Deshaun Watson, you know, saying that the Atlanta Falcons, he, he's interested in the Atlanta Falcons, and them then flirting back with them, where you go, man, really, you, you look at it, you go, Matt Ryan would have been, you know, of course, it's easy to do this now, but the, the, the Falcons have more of the formula that to, to, to protect him, so maybe where he wouldn't have quite looked like this right away. Falcons' O-line is, is awesome. We see they run the ball on people every week. They're pretty good at protecting, you know, to where it's just ironic where, you know, I think we, we, we thought, hey, he's going to a place that's going to be better for him, and I, honest, you know, at the end of the day ended up in a place that really exposed him in a much bigger fashion than maybe if he had stayed in Atlanta. And this wasn't some 3D chess Jedi mind trick by the Falcons. They were keeping him. Remember, they had restructured his contract to bring down a ridiculously high cap number. They had done that, and they just hadn't filed it because under the restructuring, it would have been an even worse cap hit to trade him. The paperwork never got put in because that's when the Deshaun Watson window opened, and that's when... The, the bridge was burned between Ryan and the Falcons, and it worked out very well for the Falcons to move on when they did. One last thing, yeah. and I know we got a break, but you mentioned Andrew Luck. Right. And I'm conflicted about this because yeah. I personally believe that a player has the absolute right to walk away from football whenever, wherever, and however he wants. The moment that you are no longer comfortable suiting up and going out there and playing, if you're not all in, given the physical demands, given the reality of the sport, the intensity, everything, the risk you're taking. If you're not all in, don't do it. Don't do it. However, I mean, the timing couldn't have been worse. That's, that's, the perspective of the Colts. that's real. And, and my God, maybe, maybe this is the curse of Andrew Luck. Maybe he put some sort of a curse on them when they boot him off the field. Remember how that happened where somebody leaked it during a preseason game that he was retiring the next day. He gets booed off the field. I mean, the Colts have been lost at sea ever since that Andrew Luck thing. Yes, they made it to the playoffs in 2020 and almost beat the Bills. Yeah, wild card had them on the Rivers. ropes big time. Yeah, but, but my goodness, this post-Andrew Luck reality for the Colts has just been one disaster after another. A hundred percent. I'm glad you kind of went here because, you know, I do hear like a lot of the – you know, Frank Reich, hot seat chatter, you know, and there seems to be, could that happen this year? And and listen, I understand it. It's, it's the nature of the beast. But I, that, it's also one, Mike, where as a guy who follows football, I don't know how you feel about this. I go, man, to your point, that was a major curveball. Not just like, oh, wow, every team's got to deal with something. This is one where a head coach and a GM are out of place because that person's there right and you're 2018 right and also i just want to like 2018 they go to the playoffs we're in the divisional game in kansas city there's a a, a lot of the nfl world is going i'm picking the colts tony dungy rodney harrison i'm not trying to call them out or anything like that they took the colts that day the colts had won like what 10 out of the last 11 games of the year that year they were on fire. So you're thinking, whoa, this team going into 2019 has a chance. 
2020, they're extremely good, except they have a quarterback that can't throw the ball down the field. Past 20 yards, that's an issue. Last year was pretty good. So I guess what I'm just trying to say is I'd be careful about just going, oh, wait, it didn't work out that well, and let's abandon Chimp on Frank Reich and Chris Ballard. Uh, I think there's more to it here in this story than, than to just make it that simple. I still think Reich's in danger because I still think Jim Irsay has not gotten over. The Carson Wentz thing? The Carson Wentz thing. Yeah, okay. And Frank Reich was the Carson Wentz champion. And right. I won't be surprised because I personally think, I don't know this. This is just my read of the personalities involved. I think Chris Ballard talked Jim Irsay out of firing Frank Reich last year. That's what I think. Can't prove it, don't know it, not reporting it, just thinking it. And I don't think Ballard is going to be able to save Reich this year. Ursay Ursay is in full-blown legacy mode. Ursay is in full-blown gives-no-Fs mode. Whether it's going after Daniel Snyder repeatedly or whether it's, hey, I'm taking control of my team. So all bets are off after the season when it comes to Jim Ursay. He's going to do whatever he's going to do. And I think he's emboldened. And I think the praise that he got last last week, excuse me, for his Snyder comments, I think that's made him, Chris, more emboldened to take charge of his team. I think he's really feeling it right now. And I don't, I'm not ready to say he's wrong because I agree with the business decision here. Get Ryan off the field if we got $17 million at risk for next year. Yeah, right. But I think we're going to see a more assertive Jim Irsay mm. going forward. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't doubt what you're saying there. He certainly you know, doesn't seem to afraid, afraid you know, here in the last year or two to get involved with these decisions and, and say some things, certainly. And, hey, they're – they're at a crucial point in their, their organization's you know, history or, or time here as far as just figuring things out for the future and what they want to do. So good for him for taking control. He, he certainly you know, deserves that, owning the football team. He's written a lot of checks over the past 10 years that have bounced all over the place with how great this team's going to be and win three Super Bowls in a row and do this and that and the other thing. And I think a lot of it's Carnival Barker where you have to do that to get the fans engaged, but at some point the team has to deliver, and it hasn't. All right, let's take a break. Speaking of teams that haven't delivered, a little blame game for what's going on with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are back in action on Thursday night against the Ravens. We'll discuss that next on PFT Live, presented by Google Pixel. We've just had too many games where too many of us aren't playing at the level that we're capable of and you're losing to teams that are playing better than us they're just playing and executing at a much higher level and that's something we got to own that's what we said you don't run from it you own it if you don't own it and you don't have awareness of it then you'll it'll never get better so there has to be more urgency you have to understand that what we're doing just is not good enough tom brady on the let's go podcast you know he said after the loss to the panthers we have a plan. They have a plan. And that's the reality of football. And that's why whatever you plan to do may not matter. <clears throat> because the opponent always has something that is designed to be diametrically opposed to whatever it is that you're trying to do. And it all comes down to who can physically, whether through strength, through speed, through agility, through athleticism, can do the thing that they're trying to do. And right now it's not working for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, Chris... We're going to try to carve up a pie chart here of blame for the Buccaneers' current predicament. And I'm not ready to bury the 2022 Buccaneers. They're tied for first place in the 
NFC South with a three and four record, and the Falcons are three and four, and they hold the tiebreaker over the Falcons, but they have lost four out of five. This isn't where we thought they were going to be. They could still turn it around, but here's where they are right now. So blame for where they are right now. Sub 500, first time Tom Brady's been sub 500 through seven weeks since 2002, for crying out loud. We got four categories of blame. Let's see how how big the slice of pie is that they get. Let's start with Brady. How much percentage of the total blame? And we will be keeping track of your numbers to make sure they add up to 100, Chris. How how much of the blame goes to Tommy? I, I, I think a significant amount here. You know, this isn't like, oh, just 10% or anything like that. All right? So, again, I, I haven't hashed out all my numbers here, so I better be careful, all right? But I'm going to give him about 30% of the blame. In fact, wow! Yeah, I am. Well, 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 why? First off, why not? I mean, why not? So let's let's. First off, he's playing like crap. So let's just go there. Okay, he's been the number one distraction for their football team this season. Let's go there. All right. So plays like crap, and also the number one distraction on the team. All right. Then, hey, the coaching and all that. I don't know how much of that was influenced by Brady coming back and all of that conversation to begin with. Then, Bruce Arians would be the coach right now well, if he hadn't come back. Well, so there you go. So he's influenced that. You know, he's also got to make the team and everybody think, like, did he really want to be here? I mean, the guy was trying to go to Miami and ditch us for a team that he thought was going to be better. So there's those issues as well. So that's where I guess I come to 30% a little bit there. I mean, there was a part of me that almost thought maybe 35 40%. Uh, again, it's all about him. Everything is about him. So he's got to get part of the blame here. And then if he's going to be the GOAT and not play, he's going to be GOAT in a bad way, then, then he's got to get some of the blame here. It can't just be, oh, okay. So that, that's where it's filtered to off the field as well. And that's to me where you know, he's got to get some of that as well. I don't care how many Super Bowl rings he has won. I don't care about anything he has ever done in the past. I don't care that he's the GOAT when it comes to the confines of this football season. You've got guys who are focused on this season. That's all that matters. You have guys on that team that weren't there for the Super Bowl win in 2020. You have guys who were that need proper leadership so they don't get complacent. Hey, we just won the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Come on, this this hurts too much. This takes too much work. I'm, I'm not going to keep pushing the way that Tom Brady is trying to get me to push, especially when he disappears for 11 days in training camp. And we know that you know, there's something funny going on here. They act like they knew all along. Nobody knew what was going on. I mean, I'm just trying to view this from the perspective of somebody in the locker room who's expected to just go along exactly. with the hero worship. Exactly. The blind, right. unquestioned, it's Tommy, whatever you do, whatever you say. I, I think that that just all uh, is, is unrealistic. These are human beings in the 21st century who are smart. They're capable of critical thinking. They see what people are saying. They read what people are writing. They see what's trending on Twitter, and they know what's going on. And when Tom Brady tries to MF, boy, I say, I came dangerously close to saying the full four-syllable word or three-syllable word. When he comes, when he does that, it rings hollow to me, and I'm sure it does to them. Because well, he's he's chewing on these guys the day after he decided to take a Saturday off in season. Well, oh, but he's Tom Brady. He's earned it. Bull crap. It's it's the football team. Don't tell me you're all in if you're going to just take a Saturday off during football season and not be there for meetings and for a walkthrough. Don't tell me you're all in. 
Well, well, when you know New York and you could have flown back. Well, exactly. When you know you have a private plane access and you could have easily been back that night. There's no doubt. I think that's that's what rubs people wrong across the league and everybody. And why even have to go? I'm sorry. Why do you even have to go? I think Bob Kraft would have understood if Tom Brady wasn't there. He wasn't mad. Bill Belichick wasn't there. Bill Belichick's working that night. That 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 whole thing. I mean, weird. And this isn't this isn't. Well, this isn't just, well, I'm jumping on board because they lost their last two games. I said it from the get-go. This is weird. And I think guys in the locker room are looking at all of this and saying, this is weird. Can we just move on to the post-Tom Brady phase, please? And I'm not saying run him off now, but I think they're all kind of thinking, we'll, we'll, we'll regroup next year. And that's going to be the challenge, getting guys to not get into the we'll get him next year mindset yeah so what's your percentage what's the what do you got big i got boy? 25 i got 25 uh, i already put it down there. okay it's in the sheet i well, did it during I the break it on and there. i counted I my numbers okay 25 the viewers want to hear it the viewers 30. can't see the sheet you got to say it at some point okay so right, 25 <laughs> that didn't that didn't speak like 25 i'll just say that much that what you said there spoke a lot well, greater than 25 but okay well, we'll, we'll let you he go didn't there. do it he didn't do it himself he didn't do it himself. Somebody allowed him to do it. So let's go on to the next category. Sure. Coaching. How much? Coaching, I'm going to give 20% to the coaching, right? I mean, again, it, 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 there's, there's things that you're worried about. Yes, uh, I get that. But they're, they're also a little limited by, let's just talk the offensive side of the ball. You know, offensive line, there's the injuries, so that's an issue. There's no doubt about that. I, you know, and then the, the team has gotten a little older and slower. And also, they're a little handicapped by a quarterback that will not, you know, hand in, hang in the pocket and make throws with people around him, and he's not going to hold the ball an extra second to let the guy clear downfield to make the big throw and take the big shot. That's not going to be part of it, too. But that, I mean, the defense, you know, again, the way they're letting up some big plays, yeah, I got to give, you know, Todd Bowles and that side of the crew some, some part of this blame as well. So I'll, I'll throw 20% out there to the uh, coaching. I've got 20 as well, and look, I just think it's, it's, it's comical, but for the fact that it's Todd Bowles who's stuck with this. The idea that Bruce Arians, the clumsy justification for walking away 17 days after Tom Brady unretired, well, I wanted to give Todd Bowles you know, a better situation. I don't know that he really gave him an ideal situation. You've got a quarterback who's got a clear double standard. You've got a coach who has to stand up there from time to time and try to say with a straight face there isn't special treatment for Tom Brady when everyone knows there is. And I think the defense is worse because Todd Bowles isn't as involved in it. There is evidence that they're undisciplined. They're not effective. And it's just like when you take an offensive coordinator and make him the head coach. He's only got so many hours in the day. Todd Bowles is now running the show, and he's not as engaged in the defense as he's been in the past. And, you know, this is the other side of having a coach who, head coach, Sean Payton style, Bruce Arian style, I'm in charge of the offense, I'll throw the keys to the defense to my coordinator, great, I'll just focus on the defense all the time, and we'll be the best defense we can be. Oh, wait, now I'm the head coach too? Well, crap. How am I going to have time to do everything I need to do with my defense when I got to worry about all the stuff the head coach has to worry about? So I, I think that that coaching counts for 20 here because of the dip in the defense. Look, Byron Lefwich, I, I feel bad for him. The window was open in Jacksonville. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know what to believe. Did he try to make a power play to get 
Trent Baalke out. I don't know, but I don't know if that window is going to be. I don't think that window is going to be open after this season. I mean, when when you're hot, you better you better get one of those jobs because you may not be hot the next cycle, and Leftwich isn't going to be hot. Um, and hey, maybe they miss Bruce Arians, and of course Bowles resists counseling with, consulting with, talking to Bruce Arians because it's my team. You got to set that. You got to set that aside at some point and say. We still have this guy on payroll. He's still an advisor to the GM. We can have him advising us a little bit on what we need to do to turn this around. And this is where the ego needs to be set aside, and you need to say, Bruce, is there something you can do to help us here? And also, one last point, how he handles Tom Brady. What he says, you know, all that stuff Bruce Arians used to say publicly about Tom Brady, we're like, oh, my God, I can't believe he's saying those things. It worked. A hundred. A hundred. It worked. He called Tom Brady out. He made Tom Brady better the last few years. Agreed with you there. A hundred percent. I was having this conversation with somebody yesterday just about this. It's just that, yeah, he he called out Tom Brady when he was jittery and throwing the ball into the ground because there was like somebody within two feet of him. And then and it did. It put a poker up, you know, close to his butt there and, and got him to play the way he needed to play to, to win football games. Let's just do this. We've got front office and then other. Let's put both into other. Yeah, because we got to get through this. We got more stuff to do. And and I want to do this because I feel like ownership and front office one and the same. Whether it's Jason Light doing what he thought he needed to do or doing it at behest of ownership, I just think the broader non-football aspect of this is what created this problem. They happily accepted Tom Brady back on his terms, on his double standard, on his two sets of rules, because they want to put asses in the seats. They're thinking about business over football. We talked about that with roughing the passer. They're thinking about business over football. With this, the front office and ownership were willing to do whatever it took to get Tommy back right you want you you don't you, you I know you don't want to come out and say it but we're getting the impression you don't really want Bruce Arians to be the coach just blink twice Tom you don't have to say it just give us a sign please that that's what you okay we'll take care of that uh, whatever it takes well, whatever it takes you need to take time off whenever you want you want us to cover for you make it look like it was pre-planned if it wasn't whatever you need whenever you want to take whatever you need just come back so we can sell season tickets for the next two years, because we're going to require people to buy two years of season tickets if they want to have tickets for the last dance of Tom Brady, because we're, we're here to make money. I mean, we act like we want to win Super Bowls, but we just won one. It's, you know, we can wait another 10 years before we try again. We just want to make a lot of money. And that's true of every team. They act like it's all about winning, winning, winning. Most of them, it's about money, money, money. And this move to bend over backwards for Tom Brady to get him to come back was money, money, money. They put money above football, and now they're now they're paying the bill from a football standpoint, they'll still have a full stadium on Thursday night, and that's all they really care about. So I'm putting 55 on front office slash ownership for this mess. Well, I mean, I guess since we're doing front office deserves a big, without a doubt, a big chunk. I know at first we had front office and other, and I was going to give front office 30% like I gave Brady. So now I guess I'm giving it 50% because there's 50 left over. I would. Why, why more for front? When you're talking front office, you mean the GM Jason Light? Well, just yeah, the the whole thing. One, I think yes, the, the that you know, and and I think that filters over a little to ownership as well. They're part of the front office, so I was kind of including them in that. You know, other to me would have been like Gronkowski. All right, not coming back to play. Uh, some unforeseen injuries. That was other to me. 
front office was, to your point, we're just going to let Tom Brady do whatever the freak he wants, no matter what. He can do whatever. That's them. And then, you know, not foreseeing some of the things on the roster, that the team is older and slower. And where do we have a young receiver we drafted that we can throw out there? Oh, wait, we did, but I don't know. They don't play. So I don't, they must not be good enough. There's none of that. You know, not a valid replacement of tight end. We got an older running back. You know, not enough maybe depth on the offensive line to protect the injuries. We got Akeem Hicks who's hurt instead of just resigning Sue. We let JPP go because we thought Cheyenne Trianka was going to take over. Oh, that ain't that good either. So I think they misevaluated their team a little bit as well, let alone, you know, yes, ownership letting Brady just kind of do whatever he wants. To your point with the coaching or missing time or all of that, yeah, I'm putting all of that there together, and, and I'm putting Jason Light along that kind of ownership front office conversation uh, altogether, Mike, at least in my view. See, I've – I've got less of it on light because he's just doing the bidding of ownership. Yeah, I hear That's you. That's one of the reasons why you. he's survived there as long as he has. Right, right. Because he he's he's doing exactly what ownership wants, and I'm telling you. And well, I, did, did, yeah. did, does he part of? Do you think he let like hey, Bruce Aaron's going to roam the sidelines and do all that? See. That's the other, you know. That's the other part that plays into this. That's weird. That I put on the front office, oh. you know, right. owners, well, yeah, owner think- Jason Light. They they're letting it go down, or no one was at least adult enough to go. You know, this isn't going to be the best for our team. The fact that our ex head coach is roaming the sideline and the cameras on him more than the actual head coach. Uh, so that's where I kind of put it all together too. I, I remember there was a time last year you and I got into a, a real fight. Because we don't contrive it. We're not trying to come up with stupid debates. Hey, you take this side. I'll take this side, even if I don't believe this side. But we argued about Bruce Arians being a bully. And he does have a bully element to him. He bullies his way into whatever he wants. Now, now they did finesse him out of the coaching job. They made him think that it was his decision. Or they, they got him to agree to a plan that looked to the world like it was his decision. But I think Bruce Arians does what he wants to do. You know, draft room. When it was draft time, he's sitting there front and center like he's the captain of the ship, right? Former coach. Former coach, roaming the sideline. John with other teams. I mean, I think he does whatever he wants, and there's nobody in the organization to tell him not to, although I think in the past month or so, somebody probably told him, hey, you yeah. got to know your place. Right. The irony is, and I think I'm using the word properly, the irony is they could use him right now. They need Bruce Arians to try to turn this thing around. Let's see if they figure out that they need a little more Bruce to get a little more Tom to get a few more wins. Let's take a more uh, a break. We need a little more time for this show. Jets making a move at the trade deadline or close to it after dealing with an injury from Sunday. The Jets buyers as the trade deadline approaches. We'll discuss that when PFT Live continues right after this. Around any corner, Within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. I'm going to uh, give you guys the injuries. Uh, it's already known. Brees is out. It's torn ACL. Um, 
ABT is gone. Uh, he has a uh, uh, tricep that's going to require surgery, so he's done for the year. Yeah, it's always tough, you know. To, you, there's those are two potential Pro Bowlers between Brees and ABT, and um, um, you know we experienced this back in 2020 when we when at San Francisco we visited the uh, this uh, organization and lost uh, a handful of guys to to the season, but. Um, you know, it's the NFL, uh, you know, the, it's next man up. Michael Carter has proven that he can carry the load, and uh, Ty Johnson has done a really nice job. And with our offensive line, uh, offensive line, we've been, you know, it's been a, a all year with guys shuffling and, and just got a lot of faith in the guys that are here to be able to step in and continue to do the job that was done before, uh, before them. AVT, Elijah Vera Tucker, the Jets' right tackle, out for the season with a triceps injury. That was the surprise yesterday from the injury standpoint because we expected to hear that Brees Hall young star running back rookie of the year candidate is out for the year with a torn ACL but then the other surprise came last night the Jets going out and making moves to replace Brees Hall picking up James Robinson undrafted star for the Jaguars had over a thousand yards rushing as a rookie they get him for a sixth rounder that can become a fifth rounder if James Robinson reaches certain performance levels that's big for the Jets, and I like that attitude. We have a need. We're going to go fill it, and there's some guys out there who are available. You got Cam Akers. The Rams are trying to unload him. You know, I think the Jets played this well, got the best possible deal they could, and they get a guy they can plug in for Brees Hall pretty quickly, and they'll be ready to go with him against the Packers this weekend. A hundred percent. Packers, Patriots. Patriots, Patriots. yeah, yeah. But, but yes, and, and you know, again, Robinson's a good football player and, of course, kind of in the in the prime of his career. And the Jets, the style of football they're playing, this is where you got to be proud of them the last two weeks. Defense, run the ball, you know, one of our young guys make a, make a play. Very limited mistakes there. So running back is, is crucial to them. It really is. And Robinson can do it all. Just like Brees Hall, you know, he can catch the ball out of the backfield and make things happen there too. And, and honestly, he's a, he's a real workhorse between the tackles. He might not have the ability to go 70 yards to the house like Brees Hall, but, man, he can still rip off some big ones, and he runs with you know some aggression between the tackles. So that's where I, I love it too. You're right, Mike. They got a lot of positive things going there right now. And I think you add that with you know the offensive line injury there. They, they can't just rely on Michael Carter to be the go-to guy. He's kind of a smaller you know, not true bell cow type running back. So I think this was a, a smart move by the Jets all the way. And talk about getting a ticket out of purgatory. I mean, the guy had a thousand yards rushing for a team that won its first game and lost 15 in a row in 2020. And then last year he endured the Urban Meyer disaster. Now he gets to join a team that has very real playoff aspirations. So good for James Robinson. Because he was undrafted, contract expires after this year, but the Jets would have his rights as a restricted free agent. So they're going to keep him around if they choose to. Yeah. Who knows what will happen next year? Brees Hall presumably will be back and be ready to go. What do they do about Elijah Vera Tucker? How much does that hurt? I mean, a lot. Elijah Vera Tucker, he's their best lineman. He's extremely talented. You know, not only is he really a a special guard, but we saw during this year too. I mean, he he can play tackle when you need him to. Played it in college, can do it at a at a pretty high level. So that's where it stinks. And again, it's an offense that you know is not trying to right now 
throw the ball for 300 yards and, and play. They're, trying to, they're playing smash mouth and conservative. They're, they've gone the approach the last few weeks against, you know, some defenses that are pretty good of going like Giants football, Falcons football, like we talked about, Cowboys football, where balanced quarterback just make a throw here and there and make a play, don't make a major mistake, and we'll manage the game. And that's chops a big leg away from them without Elijah Vera Tucker. So now they got to, you know, again, piece some things together here just as they were getting going. Just as Dwayne Brown's back healthy and you're starting to go, man, the Jets O-line, you know, look at this group here. So that, that's where it, it stinks for them, Mike, uh, that, that they're not going to have these guys down the stretch with some good defenses they're going to be playing down the stretch of the season too. They've had plenty of injuries on the offensive line. You mentioned Dwayne Brown. He's back. Makai Beckton was lost for the season back during training camp. George Fant is eligible to come off of injured reserve this week, so maybe some help yep. for the Jets. But I'm I'm encouraged by the fact that this wasn't a panic move. They didn't give up. Now, look, James Robinson is not Christian McCaffrey. But, but a six that can become a five for James Robinson – and a very low salary commitment versus a two, a three, a four, and a five, plus taking on Christian McCaffrey's contract. When you consider the, yeah, you know, right. the, the, the difference between the two right. isn't astronomical. It's not, it's not it's, $14 million gap, dollars is what you're talking but it's about. Not, it's not that gap. Right, right. Agree, I would agree with that for sure. You know, I mean, and Robinson, to, to your point, is in the prime of his career here. Where McCaffrey's been banged up and injured, and I still I know he's more talented, but yes, and you know with the way the last two years set up for James Robinson and the fact that he's getting traded now, he's not going to be able to put up the statistics or anything that's going to go, oh, hey, the year's over, you guys got to pay me like a top running back in football. So that's where it's a win-win. You know, they might they might get a guy they go, hey, this is our bell cow starting running back for the next three years. And he's in the prime. They didn't have to give a much give give up much to get him, and they they might not have to pay him, you know, anything as far as big time market value that is is concerned. So that's where it is all positive, positive. and we'll see where this goes here. But I, I do like the Jets again. I, you could say what you want. You know, the Jets are showing that they've done some good things in the draft, in free agency. You know, Joe Douglas knows what he's doing in the front office there in, in New Jersey. He does. And uh, they got a lot of positive things about their roster already. Been unfortunate with injuries, but this was another, I think, smart, aggressive, tactical move by them. And there's an inherent impatience that a lot of teams have, and the Jets are one of them, and it's good that the Jets are starting to bear some fruit before Woody Johnson can get impatient with Joe Douglas. So uh, Jets moving in the right direction. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll have plenty more PFT Live for you right after this. I am no fashion expert, but he's still wearing that robe. I don't know. I don't. I still don't know what the game is there. I don't know what the it's message a is. Look, that's a robe. <laughs> Boom. Thank you, Courtney. It's, it's a, a robe. I spent many a year eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and having a bowl of tomato soup when Mr. Rogers came through his door and he got in his closet for his slippers and his cardigan. I ain't never seen Mr. Rogers in a cardigan like that. Huh. <laughs> oh, well done. Very well done. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. 
I knew when my wife took that picture the other night it was going to be a problem. And there it is. Those wow. are, those are real. Hey, those are real UGG slippers. Thank you very much. Those are real. Yes, the coat was provided by NBC. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> the toupee is not a toupee. That is not an iPhone 13. It is an 8 Plus. Thank you very much. I'm holding it as long as I can. Uh, and they're not extra medium shorts. They fit. That's very well done, though. I got a kick out of that. I'll take it. It is linked to the AOL account. By that me. is some it, look right an there. Eight, and it wow. is linked to AOL. Look at that. Right. Wow. I'm shocked yeah. you let her take that picture of you. I really am. I'm shocked. I mean, she just thought it was funny. I was I was getting ready to walk up here for the show on Sunday, and she started laughing. And I said, "What?" And she said, "You look ridiculous." <laughs> and so I, I and it was because the night before, what happened was it was homecoming, and our place is like a magnet for all the kids going to the homecoming dance to take pictures because it's very picturesque here. You've seen photos of what it looks like out back. So they all want to come here, and there was like 50 people here. So this was me kind of half homecoming and half getting ready to go to bed. Wait, so you had home kids from homecoming coming to your house to take pictures, and did you know all these kids? Or Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well. You just well, open the gate and be again. like, hey, come we, on up. Here is Chateau de Florio. The scenery is great. We knew some of them. Okay. My nephew, it's his senior year. Other nephew, a couple years younger, them and their dates and some of their friends. And that's fine. That's fine. But then it's kind of like afterward, Jill said to me, I didn't know some of those people. But it's fine. It's fine. It's kind of like, you know, if you have a, if you have a party, high school, you have a party, people are going to show up that you don't know. You just kind of accept that. Yeah. And so that's kind of what happened. Okay. But it's fine. All, right. All are welcome. On that one day. The rest of the year, stay the hell away. Okay. <laughs> Teams that need to make a move before the trade deadline, go. I mean, we know some of the obvious ones. I'm going to go to one that's maybe not as obvious just because – and it is obvious, I know, to two weirdos like you and me who just think about this stuff and talk about it all the time. But, like, I, I'm going to go – I'm going to throw the Tennessee Titans out there as the first one. They got to do something on the offensive side of the ball. They need another receiver. They need something. And I know Traylon Burke is, is hurt and going to come back, but it, it's not going to happen to all of a sudden he's going to come back and they're going to be like, oh, he's figured it out. He's the number one guy now. Here we go. They got nothing at receiver right now. Robert Woods is their leader there. After that, their leading receptions is Derrick Henry. They don't want that. They, they're, they're sitting there quietly, the most quiet 4-2 and two in the history of football right now and have a chance to make some waves in the AFC. And their defense is coming around here to where I just go, man, that's one that's glaring to me that they need to, to do something if they want to ma be a major player in that conference. They just kind of quietly go about their business. Right? They rack up wins, but you got to be ready to win in the postseason. We saw that last year. They right. weren't ready to win in the postseason. I think they'll get to the playoffs. They need to be ready to advance and I agree with you adding a receiver a game breaker a guy who can really replace A.J. Brown right because too much pressure on the rookie Traylon Barks way too much pressure on him they need somebody else I'm gonna go with the obvious low-hanging fruit the Packers need a receiver sure. a receiver that Aaron Rodgers trusts a receiver that can come in and look this isn't easy to do as the season is unfolding, this is the ultimate changing the tire on the moving car. Hey, welcome to Green Bay. Get to work. We play a game in four days. Here's Aaron Rodgers. Uh, hey, go, go meet him and then figure out how to catch passes from him and how he likes guys to run their routes. It's not easy, but if they want to be 
everything they can be. They need help at that position, Chris. Yes, uh, uh, definitely. They got to do something. I mean, one, the way they play has got to change, right? I mean, that's the first thing. And I think Rodgers is partly to blame for this. I mean, he, he, you know, you know I love him, and he's, he's one of the greatest of all time and, and my favorite quarterback to watch when he was in the prime of his career. But right now it's painful, and he doesn't want to throw the ball more than five yards down the football field. And it's just it's annoying to watch. But, yes, they need something else there, certainly, to open up that offense a little bit and scare some defenses a, a little bit more. Um, all right, my next pick, I'm going to go with the Bills. I am going to go with the Bills. Uh, two reasons. One, you know, I, honestly, I think there's, there's two spots I look at. Well, I do think they can use another receiver. And if I'm them, I am in on the let, maybe we do the OBJ conversation. I think OBJ would. I think they're getting OBJ. I, I, I think they're getting OBJ. I, I would, it would make sense. To me, they can't depend on Gabriel Davis, one, because, hey, he's a little banged up at times. Two, you know, they need another real speed guy that scares you. Gabe Davis is big and can kind of do it all, but not like the scary take-the-top-off speed type of guy. That, or even secondary, I could look at, Mike, because we know they've had some injuries there. Tredavious White not back, and they've had some guys banged up. Those are two spots I could look at their team to just go. They could add a little you know, icing on the cake there with that, that great football team they got. I'm going to flip it around. Yeah. And it would be weird to see the Steelers in selling off asset mode. But if they lose to the Eagles on Sunday, they need to trade Chase Claypool. And I have been previously saying, why trade him now when you can trade him after the season? It's the same draft picks. But if you think you're done, and at 2-6, and six, they'd probably be done, why not get more for him now? If you can build a market, if you can get a couple of teams to the table, and you can get more now than you would get in March, that's something to explore. We'll take a break. We got one more round of the teams that need to make a move before the trade deadline next Tuesday. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this. All right, one more round. Teams that need to make a move before the trade deadline. Chris, what do you have for me? Well, I'll go with the Ravens. Ravens, I could see, is there a running back maybe to add because J.K. Dobbins back in IR? That's one. But the D-line is the other one I'd look at. You know, that, that that's an issue, as we know, Mike. I mean, we discussed a lot early on in the, the early on in the year. They've been fortunate a little bit with some of the teams they've been playing lately. But you know, like again, I don't know if this happened with Bradley Chubb. They need some sort of difference maker. It can't be always about we got to organize some crazy way to blitz to get pressure on the quarterback. So I'll throw the Ravens in that mix there. Remember last year? It was in the month of August. Cam Newton was the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots, and he's the starter, he's the starter, he's the starter, he's the starter, and then he was gone. Yeah. And Mac Jones was the starter because they didn't want to undermine Mac Jones with the presence of Cam Newton. You know what? What? And we're going to be writing about this at PFT. Some of these guys in the locker room breaking the code of the Stepford Patriot and saying what they believe, how they didn't know there was going to be two quarterbacks. They got to get rid of one of these guys and go all in. Do you trade Mac Jones? I don't know who would take Mac Jones right now. Do you trade him? Do you trade Bailey Zappi? I don't know. But they did it with Cam Newton. They threw him out the door to not undermine Mac Jones. They need to pick a quarterback and they need to go with it and they need to move the other guy, Chris. I know we don't have much time to 
talk about that and let you react. Maybe we'll talk about it tomorrow. But I think they need they're, – they're screwing up their season with this quarterback stuff. Yeah, they definitely have. It, it's odd, as we talked about. And people would – I would want Mac Jones, that's for sure. Uh, but, man, I'd 49ers. be shocked if they did Trade that. the 49ers. <laughs> Seriously. We'll see what happens. See you tomorrow. Have a good see day. See ya. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30.